0: We want to talk about now what's happening to those schools in uh, Western Kenya, particularly in Kakamega County. And we've seen that another school now was uh, shut down yesterday and students were told to go home as many were hospitalized. Butere Boys High School, following what had happened earlier, where Girls students were hospitalized, some have died. And the school had to be shut down. To have this conversation with us in Disaster Preparedness and Response, looking at these two cases as a case, is Edward Onyoni. Edward is a chairperson of the Disaster Risk Reduction Network for African Journalists. <laughs> chairperson, Disaster Risk Reduction Network for African Journalists. Diraj, Edward, good morning. Good morning. It's a long title for uh, an organization.
1: Quite long, but uh, we, we were formed because of the whole... Uh, international Strategy on Disaster Risk Reduction. Initiated. It used to be called the Hyogo Framework. And then now it moved towards now the Sendai Framework because it was now uh, integrated and promulgated in Sendai, Japan in 2015. Mm-hmm. So the whole lens we are looking at um, disaster issues. It's not just looking at the response or the preparedness. Now we are looking at the reducing the risk. That's why now the current conversation discourse is around risk reduction.
0: Okay. Yeah. We shall continue with that and you'll tell us what kind of uh, data you collect and what you look at as we also look at these two uh, schools so as journalists who are then looking at uh, disaster risk and reduction what do you do this is as journalists in this network
1: so these are reporters who are now taking a specialized view of how unmade natural disasters actually are happening in our continent and at the same time providing a level of early warning Mm. and helping the discourse to reach local communities. The challenge is that the disaster conversation has largely been scientific and technical and so local communities are having a challenge at the same time it has actually been very much western centric and so the literature you look at it it's so much about tornadoes, uh, typhoons. And, and things which we do not relate to in the continent, mm. whereby our typical disasters are school fires, mm-hmm. yeah, road traffic accidents are the highest in the continent. Um, you're looking at building issues, oil spillage, building collapsing. So we needed a very uh, a new platform for how to have these conversations and actually downstep it, not just from the technical scientific, but also look at local languages and how vernacular conversations can take place because that is typically who we are in this continent. If your mother calls you Eric, most likely you'll stop doing English and just switch to your mother tongue. It so happens instantaneously in most of our spaces. Mm-hmm. So we needed also that conversation to go to that space mm-hmm. and so that uh, our African communities can benefit from this conversation.
0: So then Pacific. now, let's mm-hmm. let's get into schools because you've said yeah. some of the things that we see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those disasters that happen in schools. Yeah. We had the precious, what was it called? The Sacred Heart Academy in Reruta and what happened no not no, so that no, no, it no, was no. precious uh in diruta the school yeah. that, that the school, collapsed. the building collapsed 2020 the, yeah 2019 sorry and it it led to professor magoha saying halt let's review all the schools across the country let's see what's happening and it ended up you know shutting several schools down now we are seeing this happening in terms of health cares in schools that are actually leading to death and closure of schools and hospitalization of children are those what we should classify as our local disasters
1: yes but i'll just take you back to 1991 Saint Kizito Mm. um that was more or less like the first incident you know and then of course you look at that was a case of you know boys crossing over and it was rape it was arson, you know Mm. Asson has been the biggest, you know, Changuli fire, you yep. know, you're talking about Bambolulu, Mazeras, you know, a lot of documentation you find within schools have actually been within school fires. In fact, 2001 was one of the worst years because we had like around almost around 184 cases of school fires. Our challenge has been that you have the school fires issue being collated to a discipline issue. Mm-hmm. Yet... It's actually a, quest, a case whereby um, we have not prepared the schools to handle even fires. The kind of mattresses we are allowing the students to, 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 to buy are actually just flammable and yet there are options for non-flammable. The paint we use in the schools, in the walls, they are flammable paints. They're not non-flammable paints. So where you're putting your fire engines and uh, and, and actually your extinguishers, the access points. So. Yes, we might want to take it as a discipline issue, but the idea is that these are just actually death traps. Mm. Schools have not been built to be safe. Schools have just been built to be like geometries whereby students learn, and we don't prepare for that disaster. So you're looking at the arson issues. You're also looking at issues to do with now the health scares, Mm. which are there because in populated schools, where you're having 2,500 students at a minimum because government is so excited about a 100% transition. No one is looking at even the cases of health. You have one nurse a nurse who is not well trained or even updated in terms of the school we are expecting at least to have at least a clinical officer or even a medical officer but that's not the case mm. and so what happens is that take a painkiller and go students are being treated to painkillers some of those painkillers are not being even been you know that they've not been changed over time
0: just some painkillers
1: <laughs> yeah for mm. quite years So what happens? No one is looking at quality assurance at Mm. a health level. The school nurse is not even going to the stores to check on the food. Mm. The public health officer hardly visits the school to check on the stores Mm. and to look at who are the suppliers. We even don't have a clear sourcing approach Mm -hmm. of the food that is there. Now, President Ruto says something very interesting that they want to gravitate and move towards, you know, removing, you know, the fires in terms of like the cooking with using firewood so that we can move into gas now imagine now that is another level of risk that is going to come into the schools where you have gas and you have you know not preparedness in that space so literally our schools are basically going to be places we will collect dead bodies more often if we oh. have not actually prepared ourselves and put the safety measures.
2: How exactly do you begin this process of preparedness? Is it in the buying of mattresses that put out fires? Is it in having paint that does not, or that is not inflammable, or is it in ensuring that not only are the schools and the people who run it perhaps educated and inculcated into certain safety measures but an educational process that enables even the children who are in school to understand what to do in the event of such. Is it something that should be in the curriculum?
1: Yes, ideally what we had started an initial process at the National Platform on Disaster Risk Reduction some time back with the late Professor Mutola Kilonzo when he was Minister of Education and he said we need to now look at that safety, school safety manual. Mm. and see how we can be able to make it part and parcel of the basic education act because then that one one of the key proponents for that was basically you now introduce criminal liability when there are cases of negligence in schools professor uh um uh, uh, the, the late was was really clear that even the petrol has a value chain mm. it doesn't just land in the school and there's an adult in the process so let's get the adult culpable And once we get the adult culpable, it will bring better deterrence. Because right now, for all the school fires you've talked about and the disasters, no one has been taken to court. No one has ever. We assume it's an act of God. We just let it go. It's a laissez-faire situation. And parents are mourning. And you see where cases whereby a child, for example, becomes sick, utterly sick to the point of almost it's 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 very critical then now the school says we are releasing now this child to go home just to go and die it's a case of negligence
3: or when they're dead edward because this is what we see this is what we've seen if we're looking at the Mm -hmm. present case for example three girls are dead you know this is it and we've got 250 almost who are in hospital and for me that's where the alarm is that how is it possible that 250 girls are admitted in school in hospital from one school in seven days and nobody is really concerned about it until three of them die and does it have to get to the point of death then for us to say because they did not die from something else aside from the symptoms that these other 250 are suffering from so it is this same illness that has killed these three possibility of more dying is a very real and present danger how does it get to that point there's obviously something wrong there not only that last year the school head herself admitted that the same thing happened around the same time they didn't get results nobody was really worried about it okay it has happened again mm. so i agree the laissez-faire attitude is just the same thing like okay well we'll be fine they'll be treated they'll get
1: out of hospital but not really three have died do they have to they don't have to but the challenge is that we have also glorified these school principals and uh, nowadays we call them chief principals of national schools mm. and they move around as semi-gods you, you parents cannot talk to them parents cannot even access them you know and and so that they, they bring that attitude in everything to do with school safety and also they're supported by government that looks at anything to do with school issues as a moral issue mm. and it's school students just you know complaining and the normal response is let's introduce corporal punishment when students are making noise and they've been raising illegitimate issues safety issues are part of it and so schools don't have even clear committees on disaster management Mm. there's no schools lack protocols in terms of having how do you cascade and escalate an issue at what point should a parent be notified Mm. you know at what point should the ministry of health or the you know the county health officer be notified about an issue mm. so they don't have a critical incidence process and protocol mm. that can actually be able to activate and even contain an issue and so what happens is that they will release immediately what happens they release the, the student to the nearest facility yeah. now an outbreak like cholera cholera is not something which you will want to start you know saying uh, this student is just pretending maybe they don't want the cut mm. they don't want the, the exam you know these students always pretend so we will contain them as many possible or possibly if they'll go out they'll, they'll sneak and get into drugs you know that is an attitude that most teachers have mm. and meanwhile the child is will die you know when cholera sweep you don't have time to start negotiating mm. you know and start trying to say that it's a moral issue the children are pretending that's what is lacking. The basic education act does not have the mandate and the capacity to for the Ministry of education to rein in on schools uh, the school safety manual as it's there what? sorry very,
3: sorry the act does not give the ministry of
1: education the mandate to rein in on schools it gives the mandate from managing the schools and what do you have you have curriculum support officer so it's an academic mm. context mm. it's not a whole of school approach So the whole of school approach says that you need to ensure that the school exists in totality with the community, but at the same time, even taking into consideration, for example, children with special needs. So when a fire alarm goes off, for example, Mm. which many schools even don't have that fire alarm, it will be making noise. Some schools don't even know where is the fire assembly point. And so what happens is that students will just start making noise and maybe most of them will gather towards a field or so before they can be able to know how to rescue. So when that system is supposed to be put in place, a critical incident, as a protocol in the mm. school, it has to delegate who does what. In this case, for example, Mukumu Girls, the boarding master needed to have actually sounded the alarm. But not just sending the alarm immediately when you have the first diagnosis, but also now looking back at the where do you stop the plug? Okay. Where do you stop the plug? You start looking at food, you start looking at water, you start looking at the basic handling who are the people who are the workers who are cooking you know tests for them and see are they showing any symptoms hmm. so
3: should these things have been done before they butere, should have been done before before like this. now what we see in butere is yes. that the school head has said well okay mm-hmm. The reason why we're asking you all to go home Mm -hmm. is not just because a number of you have gotten sick, Mm -hmm. but we want to now sanitize the school. We want to check on our stores, we want to remove our storage and whatever, Mm -hmm. and go through a process of um, sanitization. Mm -hmm. The question is, is it possible that this was not done prior to (coughs) learners coming back to school in January and that whatever the problem was would have started to fester if it was in the food stores, for example? True. So now I hear what you're Mm -hmm. saying who checks on this at the very beginning to make sure that all these standards have been
1: met schools have a challenge in this country because first term they say we are busy admitting form 1 and and so we 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 are trying to look at selection we are looking at the process and everything no one goes to the dormitories and like qualification they will do it on day 1 when the parents are coming because it's basically that and even some public schools do not allow parents to go to the dormitories to check on where the students are their children are sleeping some will say you know what just put the mattress here and then you go back they don't even allow that now most of the public schools you find that there's a competition around how many streams you would have so the higher the streams the better you are doing and that is just overpopulation in literal sense so what happens is that some of these students are even sleeping in labs some of them are sleeping in dining halls because the spaces are so little and they're cramped up now The Minister of Education person is supposed to come in and check, not just look at curriculum support. Mm. They're supposed to check all these issues and actually do a form of grading. Counties also have a level of, you know, oversight because the schools are happening in counties and if there's any issues to do with capacity support, they will get from the school, Mm. from the county. That doesn't happen. So what happens is that the school safety manual, as it was developed some time back, not being adhered to but also it needs updating okay
0: so that's where i'd like to come in Mm -hmm. as the network of journalists have you actually focused on our education system and looked at all those things so starting from policy to the acts to the regulations to the manuals Mm -hmm. do we have manuals that talk about safety that talk about disaster preparedness to talk about watching out for disaster, talk about disaster management. Do we have anything, that, a document that's like that from the Ministry of Education that should be going down to all the schools?
1: So we have a school safety manual that was prepared and supported by UNICEF. But the challenge that we also have within the disaster space in this country is we don't have a single coordinating agency and a single coordinating act. So we have a National Disaster Operations Center as a small Quasi department within the Ministry of Interior, mm. but it doesn't have the oomph and the capacity and the legal mandate to actually coordinate anything. Mm. Yet that is supposed to be the mother act. What you have, all other departments in the continent, what we are encouraging, is have civil protection agencies on a National Disaster Management Authority. Here we've decided to split that function and say we have a National Drought Management Authority, which will deal with drought issues. And then we have National Disaster Operations Center, which will just look at coordinating of the security elements around any kind of disaster. And then we used to have a national disaster management unit during the time when terrorism was there, but then it has now cooled down. And then of course our default is Red Cross. Red Cross, Kenya Red Cross Society is supposed to be complementary, not the main actor, but that is what everyone includes. Private schools will tell you they will take no arrangements with Red Cross. Kenya Radical Society uh, to support them.
0: Back to the manual. For, for, for public, Edward. yes. What does the manual say? The manual. Because the manual is this book from the ministry. Yes. That says this is how all our schools should 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 have. Yes. This is what in terms of uh, public safety and disaster and all, it will mm-hmm. also talk about, I expect, yes. talk about the buildings. This is how much you shall have space for exit. This is how you shall create exits in, in the event of fire. This is how the... Uh, alarm system shall be sounded this is how the response shall be conducted it, that manual exists
1: there's a manual there and that manual is very clear on issues to do with that time they're talking about you know the spacing and the sizing of grills for example remove metal grills it said you know after how many meters you need to put like a fire extinguisher mm-hmm. and which fire extinguisher you should be able to put that way the challenge with that manual is that it has been outdated it how, how by old time. is it i think it was passed around 2005 Okay. In that manual, if you look at it, it is not conversant of the present times. Like right now, we are talking about... What schools. is outdated, for example, in that? During that time, we used to have special education schools. Right now, we are talking about whole school approach. So we are saying even children with, with uh, disabilities will study with other learners for purposes of inclusion, you know, so that they are not discriminated. Number two, you look at it in terms of the school population has, not, has exceeded... The school population that time was 700 children. Mm. Right now, this, we are talking about schools with almost 1,500, 2,500 population-wise. So then, most of the schools in terms of the spaces, they were saying that they had the ability and the luxury of space. Now, we are talking about schools which are talking about high-rise buildings. High-rise buildings are coming in. and they'll tell But doesn't
0: that show you that th- those things were happening mm-hmm. without following the manual?
1: Yes, and there was no okay. compliance.
0: So, yet. it's not that the manual is outdated. Mm-hmm. The manual is still in effect basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the manual is saying that you should have x number of uh, students in mm-hmm. within this space mm-hmm. and within that space you shall mm-hmm. provide mm-hmm. this kind of uh, air this kind of exit mm-hmm. this kind of uh, grill this yes. kind of light to come in mm-hmm. right yes so the manual is not outdated it is
1: yeah it's not it's that it
0: was ignored
1: Yes, it was ignored. It was not put as a, as, as a, as a check, and a mandatory check when the Ministry of Education is doing, you know, safety or any kind of visits or inspections. Because Ministry of Education comes in and says, even if the Kenya National Examination Council, they're going to do checks around schools before KCP and KCSE. They don't look at safety issues. They, they, it's not something which they score against. You know now so you that's, know, and you know this for a fact yes i know this for a fact because it's all about the academic aspect that is looking at not necessarily the safety aspect until an incident like this happens in mukomu like the time when i think the, two years ago when there was a building that collapsed in kakamega mm. and they said you know what we need to look at even how this schools. some of them they have old latrines they're sinking right now mm. So we need to check on how these schools are done. Mm. But there is no one who will go in, especially the person, the county person who is in charge of public works and going towards schools and checking how these buildings are coming up. It's not doing due diligence. Edward, you know this for a fact. I know this for a fact because we've been trying to move around schools mm. and not just within the country, across the continent. I remember like in Nigeria, for example, there's a case whereby we had the Chibok girls, you know, kidnapping issue. And we see it in Nigeria, together with the National uh, uh, Emergency Management, uh, agency. We looked at how do you protect schools? What are the compounds? What are the fences? What is the kind of boundaries you put in schools? Do you put soldiers in schools in high-risk areas or not? So these are these are data we have been collecting across the continent. not I want just to ask again.
0: Country. You know, yes. because what you're saying mm-hmm. and what you're alleging here is actually a very serious uh, mm-hmm. issue. Yes. You're saying that the people who are charged with inspecting schools are not looking at safety. They are focusing on academic. They are saying, how many students do you have in this? Have they registered for KCP? Have they registered for KCSE? That's what they're focusing on. You're saying they're not looking at the quality of the buildings, the quality of the structures. They're not looking at the size of the kitchen, the people who are working in the kitchen, the health protocols, the safety protocols in that school. And you're saying you know this for a fact.
1: Yes, I know this for a fact because what you have, you have curriculum support officers. Mm. Curriculum support officers are the ones who are put in. And then you have now the teacher development officers who now look at the teaching aspects. And TSE will send out these people and sometimes the unions would go in and look at the context of the teachers. No one is actually going and checking on these safety aspects mm. and even looking at the, the hiring, for example, of workers in these schools. Now, another case which will, be, will scare you is the fact that we don't have rep offender registers sorry rep offender registers that actually can a, a head teacher can check and say i want to check against your name before you as a teacher and where would
2: this register be nestled
1: it will be with a it's actually with the judiciary but the headmaster will not have that and also will not know if a worker for example has committed that crime and you know run back the only thing we have right now is certificate, fingerprints certificate of good conduct yeah, certificate good good conduct so we cannot check some of these even disciplinary issues or, or issues of or, you know crime or, for example someone to has to be. yeah mm. we don't check schools will not check that and i know that for a part of fact mm. the private schools might insist on it because at least they have an understanding you know to know whether this person has e- they been ever convicted of rape or defilement or drug abuse, that background check is not being done with many schools. Even, for example, for school drivers, to run for them breathalyzer tests before they take the students out, mm. you know, or to go and take the students. So we don't, there's a laissez-faire attitude, and this is something which, if you look at um, a, a lot of the spaces, mm. for a fact I can confirm, there is no due diligence. Why That's do like you a break. Think? That's like a break city.
0: This is The Situation Room. The only way to start your day. The conversation continues with Edward Wanyonyi. He is the chairperson of the Disaster Risk Reduction Network for African Journalists City. What I'm going <laughs> to ask you is this.
2: You know, the picture you paint is a daunting one. Are we saying that the people who are charged with these duties of reducing what you're calling risk don't understand their functions or is it that they are ill-prepared they are ill-resourced to actually do what they are supposed to do. I think the focus has been on this
1: campaign of education for all, which just looks at access. How many children are we doing, bringing on board? You know, 100% transition. No one has looked at quality. A bit of time around 2015, we started. 2010, we actually started talking about um, learner outcomes. So whether there's literacy, numeracy, everything. That that was the concern, not the quality, which also includes the space. And so. Even in the quality assurance department in the ministry of education you'll have very few safety experts it's it's a by the way it's and by the way where do you guys fetch your water oh we have a borehole mm-hmm. so when was a borehole tested you know what are the test results you know who comes to check nothing that goes beyond the ordinary it's thrown in us by the way i went to my former high school some time back and we're trying to see this quite a number of buildings coming up and we're like where are the fire exits? Mm. How many? This is almost a three-story building. Mm. How do you help a person who has a disability? And they're like, okay, fine. We'll now think about accommodating them at the ground floor. You know, we, we, will, we will work out, you know, how many they come, we'll work out that. And so we're like, they're quite a challenge in terms of the, that building process inspection. And we're asking, does the county engineer come to check you know they're like ah yeah they do pass by they check and Mm -hmm. um we we will make by because the allocation we're getting every every year we're getting 900 students Mm -hmm. we are now doing 12 streams in our times we're having four streams now they're doing 12 streams so where are these other students they're sleeping on the corridors they're sleeping on the dining on the floor and it's just a challenge it's
2: like common for children to struggle
1: and have a hard time in high school. Mm.
2: They've normalized these low standards. Okay? Yes. Now there's a mindset that brings this about. Yes. This mm. is really what I'm getting at. Mm. How then do you cure? Because as we like saying it's systemic, it seems to be in the system. Yes. The education system that's supposed to oversee this mm-hmm. doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh departments that are supposed to deal with these things within government are ill-resourced. They are nestled in ministries where they're suddenly just lost. Mm -hmm. uh, And they only seem to function when there's a disaster. And even then, they function by name. Mm -hmm. But in averting disaster and ensuring it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Now, let's leave the education ministry aside. Let's look at the parents whose Mm -hmm. children go there and who would bear the brunt if something did occur. Mm -hmm. As in the cases you mentioned, parents bear the brunt. Students bear the brand. How do you explain parents whose children go to these schools not pitching a fit
3: mm-hmm. about
2: this and saying, Standards. why is it that this is so? And yet they have parents' associations, they are uh, represented at the board of management. Why? Are we saying that we have a society that is quite content to pretend that there is no disaster that's going to happen or we are such a faith-based society that we believe that when we've covered this whole issue with prayer, yes, that no disaster will befall us. I mean, what are we talking about here? There's a level of detachment among parents and not just parents even,
1: we are now talking about the role of school alumni associations Mm. in part of the advocacy to demand for for, a level of accountability. Now also we are saying that board of management needs to be, to be independent and not get caught up in the procurement wars and get, you know, in bed and co-opted with the school administration. Because mm. that's a challenge. Some of these spaces, you find the boards of management are the suppliers of one or two services within the school. So they can't raise a voice against the head teacher and say this is wrong. So we need to find a way in which we can be able to raise accountability and also parents to be able to look at, it's not just about students going in and, and, and getting an A because that's an excitement that many parents have, the score that my child will have. And also one death should be a scare for all parents because that could be you who is losing a child and you're burying a child. There was a case in a school in Western Wallso where, you know, a child was left without early treatment and died of pneumonia. And this was a case whereby the child kept on complaining, I cannot wake up in the morning, you know, it's very cold, it's chilly, I have this condition. But they were like, no, you're just pretending, mm. you know. And so we have a lot of these cases and we're like, we're talking about the student welfare aspects and they, they should be better managed besides just being placed at guiding and counseling. That's where the location of the safety Champions in schools, a safety, you know, uh, advisor, you know, a safety um, uh, team that is formed. both of students and the school should be part and parcel of this so that this can be a level of a protocol. Even when you're talking about right now school games that are happening, you know, is there an ambulance there? You know, what happens in terms of students who go there. What if there's a case of a student who is convulsing, you know, and maybe that is a school captain? What happens? So there are dynamics to do with how we actually operationalize this, but it starts, first of all, by sensitization of the school management. TSE needs to take a firm stance against school teachers, head teachers especially, who are negligent. Two, parents' associations need to come up more. Uh, School alumni associations need to come up more. And, and demand for something.
2: I don't, do you realize that we are discussing this and assuming that these people actually understand what they are supposed to do, what they really are supposed to do? Mm, do they see it as an issue? Yes.
1: It's it's a challenge in terms of where we we make it seem to be laser fair because you have obsessed with grades.
2: No, yeah. it, it isn't. The obsession with grades we get. Yeah, but. This apathy that you're describing, it presupposes that they actually know what they ought to do and they're not doing it. And I'm saying they don't. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually saying (laughs) even the people in the ministry, they don't. Specialists like you do, okay? Yeah. But everybody else in this supposed space doesn't, in all honesty, they don't. If they know how it is they can steal from the school. (laughs) They know because they know how to steal, isn't (laughs) it? They, They have knowledge if the board of management are part and parcel of procurement processes, mm-hmm. it's because they know there's knowledge and it is demonstrated by the action. Mm-hmm. But this laissez a fair attitude that you're saying. It's like they may see but they don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. They may understand, but they don't know what to do. There is something that happened in Germany.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Something that was later referred to as the Holocaust. It spread even mm-hmm. to uh, Poland mm-hmm. and some of the countries that Germany decided to colonize mm-hmm. now the successive government within the Republic of Germany sought to ensure that this thing never happens again you know what they did mm-hmm. they made sure that the Holocaust is in the curriculum from kindergarten it's not, you're not escaping this thing you are it's a mandatory subject you are taught and as you get to the high school you are taught history, you go to museums, meaning this thing is in your system. You cannot pretend now when you have a child, apart from 1946, 47, mm-hmm. up to now, by the time this person grows up and becomes an adult, if they then behave in a manner that is contrary to this, they know. Mm-hmm. They cannot say, how do I know one plus one? Because I was taught. Mm-hmm. Do we teach this one plus one about this very important subject? Do, do, do people even know? Because if parents can't challenge, if students were taught don't you think they would be able to challenge their teachers yeah kenya red cross society has been
1: pushing for you know a better you know enhanced kind of curriculum around first aid issues
2: Mm. within the schools why why are the red cross pushing the agenda (laughs) why the red cross i'm not saying they shouldn't because they are the experts Mm -hmm. they may be the experts Mm -hmm. but are they the only experts ideally it should be you know fronted that's why we're saying
1: if you lack a national disaster management authority that yeah. can actually be able to put in place a stronger framework then what happens is that this it's it's left hanging and no one is going to talk about it mm. so there is no one who is doing even there's a time we're pushing Ministry of education to say can we have a national safety week like just one week in in a school calendar where just the Monday to Friday schools are just doing safety issues, mm-hmm. awareness and everything. Mm-hmm. But then they say that is being done by guiding and counselling. You know, so 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 You know, so 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 they they, they think <laughs> that is how, not
2: true. Of course. <laughs> You'll find the whole school has one teacher, one. Who's responsible for guidance and counselling and in it's the only thing school. that
1: they're doing, they're also a
2: subject teacher for something <laughs> yes. else. So yes. And
3: most of the
1: time that guiding and counselling teacher will be the patron of the Christian union or the you yes, you know, this yes. Catholic school. So yes. So the idea is to moralize these conversations. And mm. even when fires break out in schools, when the students come back, besides just the parent being charged excessive amounts, the first thing they are always brought to is a prayer immersion to rebuke these things. Mm. You know, that of course this school. No one goes to look at the the inner issues mm. and the fact that we could have actually <laughs> saved more lives, we could have saved more students, we would have saved more dormitories, you know. Because there was no critical What can we do protocol? to improve yes. and, and, and address the issues yes. that led us where we are? Yes.
0: So this doesn't happen. Yeah. What happened in that 2020 when the
1: Ministry of Education embarked on a national inspection of schools? The challenge is that it was hijacked by the CBC conversation mm. to see uh, how much classrooms we can get, we can expand. Then it became a procurement issue in terms of how many desks and and suits and to accommodate. So both secondary schools were looking at getting expansions and, you know, government capitation for that. So it became an issue to do with CBC. It did not become an issue to do with internal issues. Mm. After Garissa, the, the ministry response was: Do we have to start putting metal scanners in in in, in, in university access mm. And you know, it it always the safety convention always switches towards either a moral commercial. or a commercial. It doesn't look at attitudinal, behavioural, and where we can hold accountable the school management. In terms of have you done xyz and mm. that's why the county education officers need to do more they need to be accountable more you know, you know we have a problem
2: here mm. yes. it's a really serious problem
1: even as you talk about that some of the you know
3: emerging conversations yesterday i mean even from monday when we saw this case um um the first case mm. from school mm. and then now seeing Butere happening yesterday, the first conversation started already to be at the county level that mm. somebody then must be held responsible. And we're talking about prosecutorial issues here. Yes. That if you see that as a result of your negligence, mm-hmm. one, two, three has happened, the only mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> thing to do, thing to is do, to do to thereafter is
1: to hold you accountable uh, yes. because we're now on the verge of criminality. And that's yes. why Mutula Kelonzo you is saying I will hold everyone in that chain process accountable. Accountable. But then you see... But it starts
0: with then na- the CS himself. <coughs> yes, absolutely. Because exactly. he has not put in a policy on safety in schools. Yes. Because, I mean, if you go to the local school principal mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. say, you know, we are holding you accountable, head, headmistress of Mukumu Girls, yeah. because of what has happened. Okay, so what was I supposed to do? Yeah. Show me what I was supposed to do that I did not do.
3: do. But here you are. <coughs> do you remember? I remember... I mean, I, at that time, I took issue with the late CS, mm-hmm. uh, Um when he spoke to a, a gentleman a council in a certain manner, mm-hmm. when it was over an issue that was supposed to have been done, mm-hmm. and it was still, okay, we're schmoozing about, we're planning, and he said, no, don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm. It, this thing is actually supposed to be done. I don't want to hear how you're planning to do, because it's a matter, really, of life and death. It should be done. And it mm-hmm. should be done. And should be sure that because you say it has been done mm. we should all then believe that it has been done and we will not have a situation whereby 244 children are in hospital and three of them are dead it should not be so is this the same kind of attitude that we are seeing and then is it not a blatant open clear-cut case for prosecution
1: yes it should be clear-cut so that there's a level of deterrence. And not only just deterrence, now we are saying parents should take the stance. And when you're going for your annual general meeting in the schools, raise these issues. Um, school alumni, associations should mm. raise these issues mm. so that there is heat from all sides. Otherwise, what will happen, we will get another death mm. and then we'll just let it slide. And then many will increase. So the challenge is that we are saying that the issue comes up, but then no one picks it up. We don't have a champion no of safety. In the Ministry of Education. No one runs with
0: it. Yeah. You know, Edward, there's somebody with a syringe here and they want to inject you with a dose of reality. Mm -hmm. Onyango Odayo Mm -hmm. says, Good morning. It's very interesting to listen to people who live in utopia Mm -hmm. and attempt to bring utopic supposition into a public high school space. (laughs) Please. Mm -hmm. When you're done, cost the suggestions and weigh them against the source of high school funds. Okay. We are all struggling, even schools.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. i think for me the question of saying that capitation um, you know is is it is should be is, is less yes i accept it mm. but i think there are issues to do with attitude not just costing then the issues to do with attitude not costing per se and in acting right at home even i would just challenge onyango to yeah. say at home at his home if there is a, a, a risk You know, if he has built, for example, a latrine that is about to sink, he will find ways to actually deal with it and move out or do something. So there is attitude issues first before when you come to the resourcing. We are not saying that now we are going to put a mandatory and say now you have to have X number of fire fire alarms and engines per school and ambulances. No, we're just saying that there are basic issues. Like before a school opens, Mm. is there a checklist that they have to go through for purposes of just confirming that this is there. Is there a designated safety champion
2: in the school? But let me ask the question. Some of the old national schools which have a really strong alumni, do you ever hear of these schools having these problems? Ever? Some of the, some of the big national schools? Yes.
0: Well... No, you do not. You do not. Well, some of the big schools, one big school in Nairobi had a fire incident a couple of years ago. A fire. Mm Students died. Yes, they did. Okay. Yes. And it was all because of the lack
2: of proper safety measures. Yes. And one or two or three students were charged. Yes. There's a young lady who was charged when she was a minor. And the issue went up until she was an adult. Now she was in court being charged as an adult now. Mm-hmm. What does it point to? What ought to have been done? Mm-hmm. This punitive yes, mm-hmm. I'm not saying one shouldn't go through the court system. Mm-hmm. But it's not the only way to deal with these things. Mm-hmm. It can't be that every time there is a disaster, yes, there's a legal process that must be followed. Mm-hmm. But all you think is once things have gone to court, you've resolved the matter. Mm-hmm. You haven't. You haven't. And how long did it stay in the news? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. there were parents whose station in life in this country was fairly... Illuminated. So this story stayed on for some time. Mm. But it's not less of a disaster than in some of the schools where it happens more often. Yeah. Okay? It's like the issue of cancer was highlighted in this country when we had prominent individuals within our society who are diagnosed with it and some passed away because of cancer. Then cancer became an issue and it was discussed and then it died again. It is this mindset that I am concerned about when I say we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Because some of these things are not really expensive, and you're right. It's a question of the attitude and the mind. You see it in the roads that we build. Mm -hmm. A road is built, it's not maintained. Mm -hmm. So a small little patch, you give it time it rains, that thing becomes a crater in the middle of the road. And you can see it becoming the same attitude. And yet there are people who are paid a salary to ensure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And they have the means to. Now, with regards to school and our students, Mm Why I'm saying we have a danger is all these students, you know, watch all these things and they learn. Mm-hmm. When these students become adults, what sort of adults do you think these students are going to be? Yeah. They're going to perfect the same. <laughs> thing. That, that that is where my my, my worry is from. Mm-hmm. Then then we'll get into the Kenyan thing of looking for someone to blame and looking for where to push the blame. And yet, this is something we could have averted.
3: Yeah, because I mean, look, last year when this look we can using Mukumu girls as an example. Last year, when this thing happened, the same thing, mind you. Mm. Fortunately, nobody died. Mm. This year, unfortunately, three people died. If it's a pattern that we are following, 2024, if something else happens without this being checked, Mm. how many more will die? And here we are talking about it being utopia. It's not. It's a very simple thing here of actually doing what you have to do. And you don't need I'm sorry. But in some cases, to check your safety, to make sure the next person is doing their job doesn't require a cent. It doesn't. It doesn't require a cent to check your stores, to make sure that the aflatoxin has not seeped into the maize that you're storing or the beans that you're storing. No. For somebody to do their job and check that a a, a, a latrine has not sunk,
0: doesn't cost a a cent. It may cost a cent in terms of the remedial measures. So, for example, sure, for somebody to go and check a the this, say, this, oh, God, Eric, this if, thing is not working. If this studio becomes the storage for 2,000 students, maze for gonna 2,000 gonna have, it's gonna students, have, gonna it's going to have a problem. Mm. Now, you have checked and you have said, we need a bigger store. Mm. But now, okay? in this
3: case, the problem is mm. there is nobody going to check and say, we need a bigger store. But
2: you don't know Do that. You get. There's somebody going to check, but this isn't the priority. Yes. <laughs> they actually pay to do that to check but they they're the ones who know what they want to do
3: do you pay for it to be a priority do you have to spend for it to be a priority in somebody's mind you don't you don't
0: like you said edward the issue of the national disaster management authority Mm -hmm. there was a bill it died somewhere
1: yeah it's gotten stuck in parliament for almost over 14 years a
0: bill On the national disaster management authority everybody plus their grandmother's cat that has gone to the monastery Mm -hmm. knows Mm -hmm. that we need this Mm. but somewhere it never moves so unless we have such a body that Mm -hmm. then comes up with looks at policy issues looks at advisory to all government agencies at all public institutions on disaster preparedness, disaster response, then we are still getting stuck somewhere. But we thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Edward Wanyonyi is a chairperson of the Disaster Risk Reduction Network for African journalists. He's been here. We've been talking about disaster preparedness, disaster response, and using these schools as an example. What's happening at Mukumu Girls and Butere Boys, where girls and boys have fallen ill, schools have been closed, some have died. It's a big issue. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.